How often do we put on protective gauntlets and get some water ready just in case the Holy Spirit spreads? In case we get hurt by it? Him. How often are we scared to even think of how the Holy Spirit may come? Yet the Spirit is sent to us by Jesus from the Father to enable us to be the church, to be Christ's visible body on the earth until he comes again. But the Holy Spirit is one of those things that we sometimes shy away from and don't allow movement or the freedom. We think that like a match, there could be a fire and it might just spread. This evening in our joint service with Friends from All Saints and the Evangelical Free Church, we will hear of the episode that comes before our reading from Acts this morning, where there's the sound a bit like rushing wind, and the flames, the tongues that seemed to be like fire and which reached out and touched each person resting upon them. But that was not an end to it. That was the beginning. And so our passage from Acts this morning that Jill read for us was what happens after that and explaining that and needs to be where we are as a church it concerned with what happens when Peter and his friends step outside of the door and speak of who Christ is and how his people are equipped to see the kingdom grow. But before we stand on the Jerusalem street and hear the apostle speaking the words of the prophet Joel, let's visit Babylon and have that brief passage from King Nebuchadnezzar come back to mind. Here in Daniel 4, the king is carrying on from where he's been the past few weeks as we've been reading Daniel. In those weeks, we've seen how the king would sort of waken up and then fall asleep. He'd waken up and fall asleep. He'd hear something of God's word and then promptly forget it. It wouldn't stick with him. 
he would hear of the God that was obeyed by Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then he would fail. In verse 3 of the Daniel passage, the, the king's words are a beautiful song of praise, a wonderful delight about the power of God that has been revealed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that was there at creation. The Holy Spirit that at certain times gave gifts to people throughout the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit which Jesus breathed onto his disciples before sending them out in pairs as a twelve and then sending out 72. The Holy Spirit which comes upon the whole church at Pentecost and is with us now. Nebuchadnezzar is saying that the Holy Spirit has given him these great things. But the king's introduction to the verse is seriously flawed. It is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders that the mighty God has performed for me. Now, if the king had just stopped speaking after the word performed, wouldn't be an issue. The miraculous signs and wonders that the mighty God has performed is a wonderful thing to proclaim. And it's something that we need to proclaim. That God does good things. But the king has to add the words, for me. It shows that he's still thinking as a king rather than as a servant of the Most High God. The king talks of the signs and wonders in terms as if it was a magic act in the final of a talent show. There to entertain him. There for him to give his opinion. He sees dreams. They've been interpreted by Daniel. He's seen the incredible miracle of three men being joined by what appeared to be an angel in the fiery furnace and being able to survive. He's seen amazing things, but all of these are intended to correct him and awaken him to the truth of his power compared to that of God. That's true for us today. We have to be aware that it's not for us that we gain things, that we can do things. But it is for God. There is a difference between the person who knows of God and the one who is in a true relationship with the Lord. And that's a serious difference between Nebuchadnezzar and Peter. The Holy Spirit does amazing things. It comes among us. And he gives us, us human beings, 
a supernatural ability to do new things. The ability to have a vision or dream from God. To have words of knowledge. To speak with a language we did not learn. Or to interpret such a language. The Spirit still does not give these to everyone. But the Spirit does come to each believer. And puts a seal upon us. A mark upon us that shows we are God's people. The Spirit may gift and lead us into a certain role within the church. And it's great to have Josh with us this morning. Where he's... Has he gone out? Where's he gone? Uh, He has. But uh, it's great. God calls people and equips people. And enables us through the Spirit. But not for that individual person's benefit. But for the benefit of the church to grow. For the kingdom to grow. The match I struck earlier. Shouldn't normally just flame be held. Blown out and dropped in a bucket of water. Matches serve a purpose. They're to maybe light your barbecue on a sunny day. Or to light a candle. Maybe in prayer. Or to use your gas cooker if you don't have an electric ignition. They have a purpose and we have a purpose. We're not just to see the flame, to be the flame. A flame that does something new that spreads the heat and light, the warmth of life into people coming from God. And we see this clearly in the book of Acts. Peter, the poorly educated fisherman, is able to speak eloquently, quoting scripture and providing witness of what God has done. It is not merely that Peter has spoken in tongues and there's been confusion and he's gone outside. But he knows what is happening. The Spirit has enabled him to understand his context. To remind him of scripture and to be able to explain it to others. And so later in the chapter, we would hear that 3,000 were added to the number that day. The quote of Joel that Peter brings as he speaks here is not directly from the old scriptures. There's been a subtle tweaking of words to help him reinforce the message that he has to share. And those of you that really had your ears open might have heard that difference between what Louisa said, reading from Joel at the start of the service, and what was shared 
just before I get up to talk. Because where it says in Acts, in the last days, was originally and afterwards. There's a repositioning of the time frame. It's very subtle, but it's there and it is deliberate. It is not a prophet looking ahead, but it is an apostle saying this is happening now. It has gone from waiting for the Messiah and the last days to come to the Spirit having come to indicate the last days have arrived. We have been in the last days for the past 2,000 years. And so, commenting on this passage, John Stott says, We must be careful not to re-quote Joel's prophecy as if we were waiting its fulfillment, or even as if its fulfillment has been only partial, and we await some future complete fulfillment. The Spirit has come, the last days are here. And the last days have this pouring out of Spirit. Sometimes said that uh, the Inuit people of North America have over 50 words for snow. But many of these are compound words or idioms. In English, we have many words for rain. Thankfully, in some ways, you know, we had a wonderful dry day yesterday. It was great for village day. And there was rain, uh, I dare say, earlier. But, you know, fields need rain. Rain in the Old Testament is a blessing from God. But we have many words for rain. We might have a dampness, or a mistiness, or a smur, or a spotting, or a spitting, or a shower, or a drizzle. And that's just at the lighter end of what we experience. But at the other end, we may choose to say it's bucketing. Or pouring down. The spirit isn't a lightness or a dampness, but is a pouring out. Not dripped, not drizzled upon the people. It's poured out. Not just poured out at Pentecost, but from Pentecost onwards. Poured out. The Spirit comes. And it doesn't just touch one or two people gently, but floods them all over. Over sons, 
and daughters, men and women, young and old. People will receive different gifts, be equipped in different ways, but all of this is through the power of the Spirit coming upon them for God's service. In the world, outside the doors, there is great suffering. We see again today on the news terrorism. And we've seen it for the past couple of weeks, the reports of what's happened. And it's not just in this land, it's in other countries too. The shocking events that happened in Egypt where Christians heading to a monastery, told to get off the bus and asked would they renounce their faith. And those that didn't, even children, killed. It sometimes misses our news, but there is great horror. In cities and towns across this land and across other lands too there is a loneliness and a lack of direction and we'll see that we saw it in Manchester as people gathered for their vigils to seek to be together to seek to say there's more than this how can we move forward There's a hunger and a thirst for love and for peace. But there is also an unsureness of where to find it. After the events of last night, again, there'll be a searching for answers and a seeking for a sense of something which to some people seems absent. Many will know that there's a hole, but not know how to fill that hole. That hole is the fact that they don't know God, and they don't know his hope. We are people who know of God's love who know that he longs to bring peace, that he longs to fill that hole in people's hearts. And so we need to be equipped by the Spirit to share that love. We might feel we have not the right words. And there's times when there's not the right words to share. But we must be able to trust that God will put words into our mouths. Words that we have not learned, perhaps. But that we just allow our mouths to speak. Of the Christ who is the Prince of Peace. How he longs for war to cease and suffering 
to end. One day, we don't know when, that will be the case. It will come to an end. Our Lord will return and a true peace will be known. But in the meantime, people need to know the comfort that comes from God. For there is suffering in the world. And the description of the end days here gives great suffering, blood and fire. But Peter's quote from Joel closes with hope. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We might not know what to say, but by the Spirit, we can be given the words to share. But we must be open to the Spirit to come, to fill us, to guide us, and to speak. May God bring his spirit upon us. Holy Spirit, come and fill us with your peace. Amen.